Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host, TK, a high school teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this episode, work your Loki. I'm joined by return guest Daniel in a discussion about Loki Episode 4, The Nexus Event. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can follow me for updates and behind-the-scenes extras at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Today, I am joined by a special return guest. Friends of the podcast, Trey and Jude at MCU Need to Know, affectionately refer to him as Friend Daniel. He's a listener of the podcast. I could always count on him to share some hilarious and insightful live reactions. Daniel, welcome back. How are you today? Thank you, Tara. Uh, I am doing very well. I'm very excited to be back here on your show. Even though I, we get to chat on, uh, on social media, it's always exciting for me to be able to have a live conversation with you about these incredible MCU shows. So thank you for having me again. Yeah, well, thank you for, for joining me again. And last time we did an episode together, it was for the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that was actually pretty recent in terms of MCU release order chronology. But I'm curious, are there any notable changes in your relationship to the MCU since then? Uh, no, I, <laughs> that's funny. I, I would say no. I, I think that I've become like, just gotten more excited about the things that are coming and uh, have tried to temper my my expectations mm. and um, done a better job of uh, limiting spoilerific things because social media just it just kills me. Now that I've had all these conversations and listened to various podcasts, when I see a trailer, my, my brain goes to places uh, that it didn't before, and I see things that I probably wouldn't have noticed before, and, mm-hmm. it, and it just, um, it just it, it can't help but spoil things. So um, I've become, I would say I've become more disciplined in my viewing and in my reactions with friends and stuff. That's That's really interesting. I feel like in my experience since doing the podcast, I feel like I, for better or worse, or whether this is right or wrong or totally self-imposed, I feel a little bit more of an obligation to keep up with some of the trailers in a way that I kind mm-hmm. of had avoided previously. But even mm-hmm. even still, I try, like, the I've watched the trailers for Shang-Chi, but I'm not watching them over and over and over again, like, trying to yeah. to find every little thing because I, I don't want that part to be to be spoiled. So I, I definitely relate yeah. to what you're saying. Did you watch the trailers for Loki before the show premiered? Uh, the, yeah, I watched. Um, so I, I adopted uh, Trey and Jude's philosophy, which, or maybe it's just Jude, I don't know, but th- they, they will watch like the, the teaser and then the main trailer, mm-hmm. but no other trailers and TV spots are the worst. Yes. This is like, this is a PSA for, for your listeners. TV spots are the worst. They just show everything. They twist the story to try to to try to make it fit into whatever demographic they're trying to get to watch the show. And they just they reveal stuff. I actually I and then I forgot that they gen, generally TV shows will release a mid season trailer, and they did that for Loki, and it totally revealed some very key things um, that were coming. And I I went into our like our our community and was like stay away from these trailers because they will totally spoil 
what's coming. Um, yeah, I avoided that one. And, um, and, uh, oh, the, um, so I have a, I have a better answer to your question. Has your relationship to the MCU changed? Um, I've listened to a ton of your pack catalog <laughs> since being, uh, on your show last time. So and I've really I, enjoyed your I, reactions I, to I, it. <laughs> yeah. For your fans, I, I tend and I do this for, for Trey and Jude too. I kind of live react to the episode as I listen. And so, um, if it, I'm sure Tara, you, you come to your phone and you see like 15 messages, like who's this, who's this weirdo? who's texting me is because I listened to three of your episodes while, you know, doing yard work or, or whatever, cleaning the house. Um, no, it's fantastic. Cause so, yeah, I'll get finished like cleaning my house and I'm like, Oh, what's going on in Instagram. And it's, <laughs> it's fantastic um, to hear. Cause it, it, you're always so, well, first of all, you're always very, very kind uh, and enthusiastic about being a listener. And I appreciate that so much. It's, it's a huge honor, but on top of that, you also have great like little zingers and very insightful comments as well. That sometimes push me to rethink things. And, uh, so it's, it's been awesome to, to have you doing that. Super fun. And I think you're right that sometimes our, our relationship to the source material does kind of change a little bit as we interact with some of the more supplemental material. It's just another way of, of revisiting something that maybe you've already oh, yeah. engaged with many times. Um, but yeah, so going into Loki, so you did say, you know, you watched the the teaser and the, and the first main trailer. Mm. What were you expecting out of this show? And, and perhaps, because I don't think we've spoken about this, what were your thoughts on Loki as a character before then? I always loved Loki in the MCU. Um, I was truly heartbroken um, at his at his demise, um, and but also completely. I I I actually thought he was one of the more compelling characters that had a multi film arc, mm-hmm. um, which which made it kind of. I I, I was like, what is this TV show going to be? Since he had a what I considered a, to be a complete arc um in the mcu and so uh i know there's a lot of comic lore that that you know could feed a lot of what could happen in the show but i mean if if you've ever read comics over say a five-year period if you stuck with a single comic um you know character over a five-year period you'll understand that everything can happen because mm-hmm. <laughs> because they just need more material and so um, we talked about this last time, but I, I used to read Batman kind of religiously and, uh, I, I collected every, for, for, you know, every title for like a six or seven year period from like the early nineties to the late nineties and everything that could have happened happened. Right. So it's like, it's, it's like, there's no, like it's, and it's bizarre. If you try to like draw a continuity lines, you'll, you'll go nuts. Um, and so there's, I know there's plenty of material there for it to happen, but, um, you know, and I, I watched the trailer and I thought it was, I, I was excited about it for sure. But, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I was saying about being more disciplined is I, I really try to temper my expectations, mm-hmm. um, going into a show, especially if I'm excited about it in general, um, a, because I was, you know, you know I've been burned, um, yeah. Game of Thrones, <laughs> uh, but also because, um, because, uh, it, it might seem reasonable to think like that, di- you know, the Disney plus uh, Marvel producers have started learning lessons from WandaVision and, and Falcon and the winter soldier. 
Jude and I talk about this a lot. Loki wrapped major production before those shows rolled out. And so we probably won't see that the impact of the success of these shows um, until Moon Knight right. uh, comes out. And so it's, 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 I think it would be reasonable to be like, come on, they've already had two of these shows, but, but it, it hasn't been enough time for them to kind of uh, learn those lessons. So I'm excited to see what, if any lessons they might learn. Um, but, you know, I, I expected I would like this because a, it's Loki. Um, B. Owen Wilson, um, whom I'm a big fan of. Owen Wilson, um, the the timey wimey stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was a I was a haven't haven't watched the more more recent Doctor Who's uh, Capaldi and um, the latest Doctor, but the reboot, uh, quote unquote reboot. Um, I, I watched those pretty carefully, and then um, you know, anytime pop culture does philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm in. I am totally in. Um, w- you know, hinting at you know questions of, of free will and, and predestination and yeah. and things like that. I'm I'm all game for for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then, what would you say? You know, now being four episodes into Loki, has it lived up to those expectations? Likes, dislikes, anything that's surprised you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love it. I love it. It's been beautiful just yeah. a beautiful show um and um the acting has been incredible the writing has been incredible one thing i i realized so i kind of made notes on your outline and then i made notes while i watched the episode and have gone back but one of the things that i thought about was that unlike most other shows where it's like this happened and this happened and this happened and it's exciting and interesting is that every episode we've seen so far we've learned something new that has reoriented in a, in a kind of dramatic way, what you, what came before. And mm-hmm. so in the mm-hmm. first episode, we learned about the TVA, which completely changed, you know, to some extent, our perspective on the MCU proper. Sure. And then in the second episode, uh, the, the variant we learn is, is, uh, is a female Loki, right. uh, in that, that's it's like whoa okay that that changes our perspective on what's happening here and then episode three we learn that the TVA are variants and then in the fourth one we'll see yeah I mean there's big some pretty big reveals so it's like it, it's I I appreciate that as a viewer I I also like how um you know in in connecting it back to the previous two um, Disney Plus shows I, I I really liked both of them but WandaVision I I found its creativity in, in its ability to, it used our knowledge in a, in a meta, like meta knowledge of TV genres to, to capture us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then Falcon and a Soldier, it, it tackled racism in a really, in a really um, fresh way for the MCU and, and TV in general. But Loki, it, it doesn't present as a traditional MCU story. And it, what I found is it folded the meta knowledge of the MCU into the story itself. And so it's, it's all in narrative. It's all in, in text, which I thought was really clever and, and creative. So that's, uh, those are yeah. some of my, my likes. Um, dislike as you, yeah. Okay. As you and your guest CH last mm-hmm. episode, right? Yes. Um, pointed out in the last episode, uh, your, your last episode, the writers seem to be dallying in major philosophical ideas and questions without kind of settling on one. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, I'm not frustrated. It's just, we, we realize like they haven't, they haven't settled on one, like episode one, free will and predestination. 
what was episode two like identity yeah i definitely felt like episode two continued some of the ideas from episode one but episode two also brought in the whole no one no one good is ever truly good no one bad oh, is ever truly right. bad and that whole aspect right. morality yeah okay and then episode three is it was about love i mean it was there's just really kind of explicit direct i have thoughts on what i think episode four is but you know i kind of share your sentiment it would be nice to it would be nice to have a consistent theme that's developed um rather than a dalliance but i think i think you know to give the writers uh the benefit of the doubt is oh i i'm always one one to want to give the writers the benefit of the doubt so at the very least let the, the series complete um before kind of making those those kinds of judgments yeah i i hear what you're saying and i think that that has been something in the back of my mind as well, right? So there's dealing in big ideas and, and concepts, and then mm. there's actually kind of putting forth a, a thesis statement on those ideas and concepts. And to what extent is is the thesis statement necessary? Or, or to your point, maybe even just consistency of one or two big ideas that relate to each other instead of trying to go into so many. And I, mm -hmm. I do think that this episode succeeds in tying some of the previous ideas together for me. So I'm, I'm really curious when we, uh, when we get to the discussion of the themes for you and I to both kind of share what we're picking up on in this episode. And I also think yeah. that you're right to once the show wraps up is when, uh, when we can kind of have a final, a final word on the extent to which the show was successful in, in dealing with those philosophical questions. But I also think that kind of where I, I came to today on this episode, in terms of what the central thematic uh, concept of the show might be, I think that I, I, I won't bring it up just yet, but I think that because of what, what I'm reading as what that thematic concept is, it's something that kind of will continue to be in progress moving forward. So mm -hmm. I guess we're, we're doing enough of kind of uh, talking around what we really want to get into, which is the episode itself. So we'll transition into that, moving into this uh, this week's episode, episode four, the Nexus event. So just in general, what did you think of this episode overall? Uh, bold. Um, mm -hmm. I remember that was a word you had used when talking, when we had our discussion, you and I had our discussion about Falcon and Winter Soldier, That's right. but, but in an utterly different way. It, it, and... Um, it gives a whole new spin on the phrase "love yourself." Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the the dialogue is exceptional, very well paced. I, at first, I wrote not as funny, but but I, I, it's it's funny and sharp, um, especially in in the dialogue with Mobius um, mm -hmm. when he's ripping on Loki. Great, scene. and um, yeah, but but in general. I think I think I think Owen Wilson gets the MVP for this episode. His scenes, um, he's doing some stuff. It's it's really cool. I agree. And, this episode was um, he shines. Yeah, yeah. And then I already gave up gave up my my other broad thought about episode four, which was what I said before: how each episode kind of presents really foundation shaking new information mm -hmm. that that calls you back to each previous episode to rethink. In a, in a kind of profound way, what's happening and what's going on. Yeah, I agree. And it, this is definitely a show that... So I, I didn't do this with The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is uh, want to rewatch episodes one through five before 
watching the finale. I, I think I am going to do it with this one if, if I have the time. Yeah. Even though I've already seen them a couple times each, but I think even just reflecting on this episode, it has kind of made me think back to the one, the previous ones in a way that is unique to my experience with certainly with the Falcon show. Uh, WandaVision was also a little different because like, as you said, it was playing with genre in a different type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you kind of hearing you say what you said about how each one kind of peels back another layer or makes you rethink what came before. I think that that's a really insightful way of putting putting words to what I was feeling about the show. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I agree with you uh, in your take on this episode. I think it was absolutely Owen Wilson's episode. I loved that it was, you know, after the interlude of last week, this kind of came in full force, huge, important plot moments, tied some of the themes together and yeah, action packed. There were a few things that happened to this episode that I honestly wasn't necessarily expecting or at least expecting yeah. to happen so soon. So it really kind of kept me on the, on the edge of my seat. And I would say this totally. one was my favorite episode of the series so far. What, what do you think? Me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I want to harken back to, to, to a word you just used um, because I think it's so important there's been some um, negative response to, uh, to to the to the episode three right. in terms of it's just in how differently it it, it um, presents than the, the first two episodes. Right. And the, that word is interlude. I know I wrote this to you on social media, but just for your listeners, I think that's such a great word in music. Now I'm not a, I'm not a musicologist, but in music and interlude, you know, it's it can do a lot of things in classical music. Right. It can it, 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 it kind of takes you out of the, the piece, but it, it uses whatever motifs are floating around in a different way to call your attention to them in a way that you haven't, you know, before. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a breath, you know, but it's a, it's a reflective breath. And so when you use that word in your last episode, I was like, yes, like this is, this is really, really cool. And I, I can't help but think about the music um, – and as it's been deployed in this series, which I think is, is I would say it's, it's more, I've, I've paid more attention to it, both the, the soundtrack, um, the, the score, and also the song choices. I've mm-hmm. just paid more attention to, to it. And so that was a detour, but. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> I okay. I, I, but like, I yeah. love what you brought up about the function of, of an interlude in music, because yeah. as, as you explained it here, I think that that absolutely connects you. Uh, the purpose of of episode three and and as I mentioned last week, episode three did land for me and I I really liked mm-hmm. it. I I think that without episode three, some of the emotional weight of the action in this episode wouldn't have necessarily landed as hard. So, right. I it's it's interesting coming from and I I know that you and I have you know talked to each other about shows like like Buffy before or Lost or things like that, mm-hmm. you know, those shows were 22 episode long seasons. And so it wasn't a bad thing to have quote unquote filler episodes where maybe yeah. it didn't necessarily move the larger plot forward as much, but maybe it just, you know, you could take a breath and have a moment, uh, have some moments with some characters that just deepen your understanding of them or, or your affection for yeah. them or have some moments, like you said, where where you can just get to know the the world of the show some more, the motifs and, and otherwise. Yes. And uh, it's different. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because with the six-episode series, and in general, right, series have become shorter, even if they're 8, 10, or 12. I mean, that's not 22. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe there's a little bit more of an aversion to 
taking that time. But I, th- I still think it's important. The narrative drives these these shorter shows, and uh, I'm used to it. I'm more used to it now because I've over the past. I mean, like I've 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 already dated myself. So over the past <laughs> maybe ten years, I've watched a lot more British television, which mm-hmm. uses the six episode series or the eight episode series, and yeah. like like there have been some shows with, with like ten episodes, which is like so long in. <laughs> you know, in the, in the BBC universe. Whereas, like you said, I mean, I just, my wife and I just finished watching Supernatural. Like oh. it's 15 seasons of TV. I've never which watched is like it. 15, 22 episodes, 22 season episode. And it, we were just, I mean, we really liked it, but it's just, we put it on. It's a CW show. I mean, it's, it's not like I, I have, I have great appreciation for it. It's a lot of fun, but I mean, it's, it's, it's long. I mean, it's a long Going on for a long time, yeah. But um, but you're right. It definitely and I I the X Files is the kind of template that I that I've seen. You've got mm-hmm. two kinds of of shows. You've got um, you've got your mythology shows, which propel the over overarching story of aliens or government conspiracy, um, and then you've got what what are called monster of the week, right? Which are your one shots. And, but, but you are absolutely right that like they are prime, prime, um, arenas or scenes for character development because there are no, the stakes are completely different. You know, like the stakes are, they're more emotional. They're more, and some of the best episodes in the X-Files are one shots because they are, they, they, they take the most risks. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, they take, they'll take the most risks in terms because, because the, the characters, in the mythology episodes, the story is is the main driver, and the characters are kind of subordinate to that. Um, sure. You know, I think one of the reasons why I like X Files so much is because it balanced it so well. But but um, in the one shots, the characters c- can completely drive the story um, because the story will end and it'll be it'll complete. Right. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. Interlude. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, wanting me to get back into the X Files, which is something I've been planning to do for mm. a while um, anyway, because I've never actually watched all of it but it is i have uh, thoughts i have very strong opinions <laughs> on the the entirety of the x-files arc so i'll, I'll share that stuff with you off <laughs> excellent i had mentioned before that i think that this episode does a good job of tying together some of the themes for me that had previously felt a little bit disconnected or like you were saying earlier mm-hmm. i wasn't entirely sure like huh what are they saying about this mm-hmm so last week I talked about how the first two episodes introduced the themes of identity and destiny and choice. And then episode three, all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're we're musing on the nature of love. OK, um, mm-hmm. what, OK, what's all, all this about? And so to me, this kind of mm-hmm. does tie that together. But I actually want to give you an opportunity to share first what were, you were thinking a little bit about the themes of this episode and as they relate to the larger show, because I've been kind of on the edge of my seat uh, since you since you brought it up earlier. Uh, you're the you're the you're the host, so you get to do because I'm like I'm sitting here saying, okay, she's gonna go first. Okay, <laughs> um, so uh, okay, so I have f- first two two things. One, I'll just say more generally that I agree with you uh, that things are starting to coalesce, and this this is not my quote idea. This is just an observation because I still think it's it's coming to completion. So I I do think this show is is really about these big ideas: identity, love, free will. Um, destiny, but it's about those things for for Loki, 
right? Mm-hmm. Or if you want to be more charitable for the characters in the story, like, it's very, it's it's grounded. I mean, it's actually it's actually making these ideas alive rather than just um, kind of uh, puppet characters for big ideas. Right. Some, some there's some movies that I really really like, and I can't name them right now, but they they're I I love philosophy. I studied philosophy. Um, and so I'm perfectly willing to read, um, read books or, or watch movies or TV shows where the ideas are, are kind of more the main characters sure. and the, the actual characters serve those, those interests. And, you know, for, it doesn't always make for great television cause it's kind of, um, it's kind of bloodless, you know, whereas this. I think it is is doing a good job of of incarnating those ideas in yeah. a real way for for the characters. So that's what I would say in general. So I, I agree with you. I don't know. It's it's a general statement. It's great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, Tara. In Loki <laughs> episode four, there was an idea about friendship. Oh, I love it. And in in this, there are there are many relationships that we see between Loki and Sylvie, between uh, Loki and, and Sif, which is a blip, but it's important, mm-hmm. um, between uh, Loki and Mobius, and between Mobius and Ravenna. Ravenna? Ravonna. Yes, Ravonna. Uh, R- Ravonna or Ravonna? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I, I just say Renslayer. Mobius and Renslayer. <laughs> um, and... And I, I've been thinking about this a lot um, because it just it just keeps coming up, and it, it, it's it's persistent. It's it's been persistent, but it, it's really explicit. It is in um, in the conversations between Loki and Mobius. It's the subtext of what Loki and Sylvie, and that that can include romantic uh, friendship. I don't I don't want to discount that. Sure, I've read this bizarre. Um, story online um where i think it was the showrunner um who it was the day before the story that it was day before the episode dropped this episode four dropped um where uh she was like they're just friends this isn't romantic don't be weird and then episode four drops and it's like uh were you being coy i mean like yeah. were you calling a paul bettany you know and, yeah and i was very confused by it um because um and, and so you know that's that's kind of what what's going on there is kind of beneath the surface and, and loki sussing it out one of the best moments is when mobius realizes before loki realizes that that's what's going on for loki is that he 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 feels this uh attraction or connection to Sylvie when he's interrogating him. I love that. Yes. That you can see it on his face. Yes, um, you can. It's and then, great. you know, Loki and Sylvie have some very, very nice moments. Um, but then I, I contrast the Loki Mobius stuff with the Mobius and Renslayer stuff. Cause they're obviously friends mm-hmm. uh, or they, or they think they're friends. They say they're friends. But there's this weird. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. There's this weird, there's been some weird stuff in the background, like the, the, like the, um, the rings on the table. He's like, Oh, do you have another, you have another person and Renslayer just kind of lets it go. But then, but then there's also like that, you can almost see the moment when he stops trusting her and he turns on his investigator, his investigator hat. And so that's what I, that's kind of, I could go, I could go into more detail, 
but I don't think it's really necessary. I think it's present and, and I'd, inter- I'd be interested in hearing what you think about that. And also just your listeners can kind of mull that too. Yeah. I love this idea of friendship or something that I, I think when I was referring to it, in, in kind of coming up with my own ideas, I think I was referring mm-hmm. to it as being in relationship to someone else, whether that takes the form mm-hmm. of platonic friendship or family or something r- romantic. Um, but I think it's yep. also important that you are highlighting that word because it comes up numerous times within this episode when Loki calls, uh, sorry, when Mobius calls Loki a bad friend. And then later in the episode when it kind of circles back and Loki says, how about a friend? And then of course, Ravona almost like too much trying to convince Mm -hmm. herself or convince Mobius or convince us like, like we're friends. Our friendship is special. It's special. I definitely do that. You're like, yes. "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And all of the relationships in in this episode are are really portrayed so well. And I I can't agree more with what you said about Owen Wilson's performance in this episode of those moments of realization on his face before he actually says the thing or just the way that you can see his wheels turning, the way you can see his lack of comfort when he's in her office is just really expertly done and and says so much. I also, to, to your point about what the, I believe it's the director, Kate Heron, her comments were, it's not romantic. The writer Michael Waldron. So so these Disney Plus shows have been kind of yep. following this model of having a, a head writer and then having a director, uh, both who seem to be playing very important roles. Um, but Michael Waldron, the, the head writer, actually said, did say that it was romantic or implied that it was romantic and that he was taking inspiration in the writing from romantic stories. So that this is either a case of, like you said, like Marvel Studios telling people to say different things <laughs> um, yeah. and, and uh, kind of dictating a little bit of the narrative that's out there about the show and maybe kind of purposely mm-hmm. throwing us off base uh, or it's, or it's a case where, you know, both Waldron and, and Heron are kind of talking about different ways of reading the relationship between the two characters. That's something I, I think a lot of the moments that you just brought up, related to the theme of, of friendship, I think are ones that I want to talk a little bit more about. And I, so I guess what I'll do is I'll kind of sh- share what I was thinking of as the idea of, of this episode first. And I think it'll tie in. And I think the scenes that we're going to talk about as standout scenes kind of relate to both. So what I sort of came to was that uh, there was an idea about this process of becoming who you are through self-reflection, through self-awareness, and specifically through learning to love oneself in a way here that, as you said, I like that you use the word incarnated, right? This idea of loving oneself is made real and externalized very literal, <laughs> in yeah. a very interesting, perhaps controversial way that I think maybe again to this disconnect between the writer and the director, maybe it's something that, you know, you can read literally or, or not depending. Uh, and I guess we'll see what happens in the next episode, but yeah. regardless, um, you know, so I, I think in, in identifying that big idea, I think I was, thinking not only about this episode, but what what kind of came uh, before it leading to it and, and how it's coming together. Because this episode does explicitly bring back the question, what makes Loki, what makes a Loki a Loki? You know, and, and in other words, like what makes us who we are? And as you stated, the reason why we care about this question is because it's not just, it's not just up there in this philosophical sphere. It's related mm-hmm. to a character we know and love. What makes a Loki a Loki? So it seems that the show is considering in, in, attempting to kind of answer that question it's considering questions of nature nurture 
context and experience, and yeah, specifically relationship to others as being a part of that answer. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Loki's identity story, episode one, stripped of everything that he thinks makes him him. And now he's kind of becoming who he is, quote unquote, meant to be. And that's where the themes of choice and destiny, I think, maybe start to be brought back in, is that idea that he can make decisions that counteract the story that he's been told by himself. There are specific moments that I think capture these ideas. And I I think specifically that scene where maybe we'll start with this one, where, um, where Sylvie says, do you think what makes a Loki a Loki is that we are destined to lose? And Loki says, no, we may lose sometimes painfully, but we don't die. We survive. And that calls back to episode one when Mobius shows Loki his failures. And at the time, right, he says to Loki, you were born to cause pain and suffering and death also that others can achieve their best versions of themselves, right? In other words, you fail so that others can succeed. And in this scene with, um, with Sylvie, Loki is asserting that failure is not where his story ends, right? We don't die, we survive. Mm -hmm. Later in the episode, he says that he's lost track of the number of times he's died, and so I, I see this as a step mm-hmm. in, Lo- in Loki's growing self-awareness and kind of this reclam- reclamation of his own destiny. And what's interesting is that it seems to be tied to his ability to show care for someone else, right? In this, yeah. in this scene, it's Sylvie. Later in the episode, we see that he has care for Mobius as well. Um, but then there's that, that thing too. So, so she, he's showing this love for Sylvie, that's also metaphorically showing love for himself, right? And that's yeah. kind of that step of the self-awareness and learning to kind of love yourself before you can um, before you can really make the choices that, that you need to make that uh, along your process of becoming who you are. So and I don't know. Go ahead. To, inter- to interject too, it's a love that transcends time and space yeah. because I think it includes – because I think they really think they're about to die. <laughs> But I mean, if you're going to be expansive about what he means when he says we don't die, there's almost like this implicit faith. I'm totally reading this into it. But there's like this implicit faith that like, yeah, we might die, but look at us. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, we look at how far you came. We're variants, you know? And so like, there's this, there's this like faith in himself that we will uh, break out and break free. And um, even though we might die, like, like Loki will continue to, you know, yeah, to to break to break free. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know because I, I really think they thought they were done. I don't know. I really thought that they were done, and they were they were kind of submitting, you know, in that in that moment. Um, I agree. I read it that way as well. The hmm. way that she makes the decision to kind of open up to him about some of her her backstory. Um, yeah. You know, that's where I grew up, the ends of thousands of worlds. And now that's where I'll die. Yeah. And then the moment, you know, he he's very impressed by her. Uh, he says, you're amazing and, and holds hands with mm-hmm. her. And that's where I think, you know, there's that um, element of perhaps a, a romantic interest or romantic connection. But more importantly, mm-hmm. and the thing that seems to cause the branch on the timeline is that it's that moment of connection it's it's affection you yes. know but it doesn't have to it's it's i think it's it's a deeper or more more primal feeling yeah right it's like it's like it's it's this it's affection she shows it towards him and he feels it towards her 
and that's what causes the nexus event you know it's like loki you know mobius says it's it's two loki's sharing this twisted you know romantic or but maybe it's just loki loving himself yeah <laughs> that causes the nexus event that's not supposed to happen loki's never supposed to be okay with himself exactly yeah <laughs> well like looking at not to jump ahead too much but in that scene the kind of interrogation scene yeah mobius is exact exact words are two variants of the same being especially you forming this sick twisted romantic relationship that's Mm -hmm. pure chaos that could break reality i love how he goes it's breaking my reality right now (laughs) and (laughs) he says what an incredible seismic narcissist you fell for yourself right and so to the point about you know the the nexus events branching off of this timeline and what loki is supposed to be and supposed to do he's not supposed to feel like he's a he's a narcissist he's overly confident but that's all for show right that's the cruel elaborate trick right he's not supposed to yeah. actually love himself he's not supposed yeah he feels to, alone right he hates himself yeah he despises himself right. right right and i just love i just love how mad mobius is in that moment like he's like oh dude that, you're sick <laughs> i don't want to go on on a tangent but i mean that scene that i and this is part of the reason why i um when I talk about friendship, I really focus on Mobius because he's the cipher through which you see these two relationships between him and and Loki and also he and, and um, Renslayer because they kind of switch, they switch, you know, he's really angry at Loki. Yeah. And he's like fine with Renslayer. Right. And then they switch places by the end. Yeah. yeah. But um, he's, he's legit hurt. Yes. He's, he's so hurt. Um, and, but I also think he's hurt about Renslayer. So I think that's also coming through here in his, cause like, cause like he trusted Loki and he trusts, he trusts, I think he still trusts Loki. Like they say, you know, they, they, you, you, you are vulnerable. I am vulnerable with the ones I'm closest to. Right. They're the ones I'm more likely to reveal hurt feelings to. And when it comes to emotions that, that can be real and raw and can transfer over. And so you don't, I I don't generally light up a stranger when I'm angry, you you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm like social convictions. I don't know this person, but to my, to my, my closest friends or my spouse or, or my parents or something, you know, I might, they might trip a fuse. And because I feel safe with them, I will release those emotions. Yes. Um, And so you're seeing that with Mobius and, and his, He's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, you're kind of an asshole and a bad friend. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, and then he puts him into this very, very banal interaction on loop with Lady Sif. Yeah. That's like, it's, 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 it's not, I don't say he's mean. I mean, he's, he's, it's an interrogation tactic. And then he, he says, it's, you know, a cock, he calls him a cockroach. Yes. Yeah. And then everything he says, like, are is just so. He's still doing his interrogator thing, but he's doing it in a way that's really demeaning. And it's and I personal. Think it's he's in pain. It's personal. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's breaking my reality. And then he, and then he, he just does. He does the thing. I've been watching um, with my spouse. We've been watching the show Longmire um, because it. it was it was recommended to us. It's enough of the show. It's actually, it's actually really good. Um, has some of my favorite, it has one of my favorite actors in it. Um, Bo-Katan, 
Um, Starbuck. Oh, yes. Name? What is her name? <laughs> I know um, exactly who you're talking about. Um, I'm killing myself because like, oh, I'm such a big fan. I can't remember her, her friggin' name. Um, Katie Sackhoff. That's right. And um, so, so I'm watching it. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's something of a, of a crime procedural, but um, the main character who's the sheriff of this like region in Wyoming is, is really good at, at detectiving, you know, he's doing his detective work and they, and, and he regularly lies to people to get them to reveal things. Uh, right. And it's not in like an immoral way. It's not like, he's so dirty. It's like, this is what, this is what you have to do. Um, and so Moby is doing that here it is like, he's picking up on the subtle cue that Loki gives him by asking, by talking about her. He's like, well, we already pruned her. You know, mm-hmm. no, I don't think he realized how much it would have an effect on, on, on Loki. Um, I went back and watched that, that, that moment a couple times when Loki's his complete, his demeanor completely changes. It does, yeah. Um, when he, te- when he tells her that, but that's something you see a lot of cop shows. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think again, to, we, we've been, uh, really uh swooning over owen wilson's mm. performance in this episode but yeah he just captured Emmy. all aspects of that so well um really really excellent let's talk a little bit more about that scene with lady sif the the time loop i think yeah it's an important so it's cool to see her again um i think it's important that we're seeing in in this kind of bad memory loop um for loki to have to experience over and over again you know my first thought was Ah well, maybe wouldn't it have landed a bit more if if it, his memory was related to something with with Thor or with um you know yeah. Owen or Frigga or something like that? And of course, I think they weren't going to do that because the actors too expensive, right? <laughs> um, but I I think that Sif is still a good choice, and I think that the moment um you know he he cut her hair in this like stupid childish prank, and I think it's I think it actually lands really well that it was something so simple and stupid yeah um, yeah because it doesn't it doesn't have to be his most cunning moment of evil right it, it can just be this moment where he didn't really have regard for for someone else and yeah she of course it's a t- it's the time loop so she's repeatedly telling him i hope you know you deserve to be alone and you always will be and mm. it's hearing that on refrain i think that is representative of something that loki has internalized about himself he's obviously been told that not just by her but probably by other people as well in his life or it's something that he believes about himself right you deserve to be alone you always will be and um kind of the moment that he he says to her i'm a horrible person i get it i really am i crave attention because i'm a narcissist and i suppose it's because i'm scared of being alone again it's it's that kind of moment of growth or realization for loki that we're that we're seeing this show do so well yeah, and, and and she repeats, she gives him a hand up, so it's changed, mm-hmm. but then she says, kind of, it's like, she she says it again, you are alone, and you always will be, mm-hmm. and that's when the music cue enters, um, the, you know, that, that to, to signal his emotional, he, he yeah. can actually hear it now, yeah. he, hear, he hears it in a, in a more, in a more profound way, I wrote, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I said it's almost worse than what she's been doing up to that point. Just the re- the repeated beating. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it is worse. Know. Yeah, ouch. there's a lot of ouch moments in this episode. A lot of the things yeah. that Mobius is saying to him, and then of course what he says to to Mobius, right? Of all the liars in this place, and there are a great many. You are the biggest, um, which mm-hmm. is another kind of ouch. But what's interesting is so we kind of get going from 
the scene with, with Lady Sif that, again, kind of representative of Loki's past of, of these messages that he's been told and this moment of understanding and, and perhaps this idea maybe he can pursue a, a different path. Then we have Mobius, who, when he comes to get Loki from the memory prison, says, do you really believe you deserve to be alone? And mm-hmm. mentions, you know, again, like whatever the connection is that you have with this this other variant, the Sylvie, uh, whatever it is, is really strong. It maybe it could bring this whole place down. And then, you know, we have Mobius who takes the risk and trusts the word of two Lokis. Uh, Loki again says, mm-hmm. how about the word of a friend? And Mobius, this is the scene where he says, you could be whoever, whatever you want to be, even someone good. I mean, just in case anyone ever told you different. And that's, yeah. that's you know, that's our our completely 180 degrees away from you're alone totally. and always will be, right? It's 180 totally. degrees away from your purpose is to cause pain and suffering. So you I, fail. So others might be, might succeed. Yeah. So such a good moment. I, I just loved it so much. Yeah. yeah. I, I was wrote, I wrote, um, it, when I was taking notes during that scene, cause they come out and Rinslayer's there and she's discovered that he had stolen the temp pad. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, ah, I was like, no, no, no. Curse, 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 curse. Cause I was like, I, I, I just narratively it made sense for him to, to go. It was like his, as we know, there's, there's questions about that, but it was shocking, but not surprising to me. Yeah, I agree because it it was narratively coming. Going back to the scene in her office, did you think, so she keeps trying to ask him if you could go anywhere, anytime, what would it be? And then he keeps like, you can see on his face, like that he said, well, just kind of caught up on what happened with C20 and, you know, why wouldn't you let me interrogate Sylvie and all these questions, even though, you know, as mean and dismissive as he was to Loki and saying, nice try, you know, I'm not going to believe you when Loki was saying the things that he was saying that we know are, are the truth about the TVA agents uh, being variants. But you can see that even though Loki, yeah, sorry, Mobius dismissed Loki, that it's on his mind and he's kind of putting the pieces yeah. of everything going on together. But did you take it like, she keeps asking, okay, if you could go anywhere, anytime, what would it be? I was thinking like, she's asking him that because she's already suspicious of him too and is worried that maybe Sylvie got to him. So if if his answer was, oh, you know, I think I'd really like to go on a jet ski, whatever else, that, that maybe that would be an indication yeah. to her that he's compromised already. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. I hadn't thought about the, the interactions from, from her perspective. Cause I was so focused on um, the investigator. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's reasonable. I, I think it's, it's reasonable that she was, she's been, she's suspicious. Well, she's definitely suspicious. Yeah. And, and her, Oh my gosh. Okay. Her language. Okay. So, so she's she's like an she's kind of she's like an abuser. I mean, yeah. to, to the to the to the extent that she is aware of what's happening, and her fear the fear on her face um, when she you see that video recording of of her of her um, inter- interrogation of C twenty yeah um, the fear of being of being caught right and she deletes it and, and she's dead now she I mean she is she I, I'm just I'm just here out of your concern. Right. It's very manipulative. Right. It's Hugely. like, it's like, um, I'm doing this because of your concern. Um, it's, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to protect you. you. Yeah. 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 I'm just trying to protect you. Oh gosh. Yeah. Ugh. The friendship like ours is uncommon, right? Like, absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely. Friends against time, allies against time. I thought that was a weird mm-hmm. phrase. Friends against time. Yeah. Very, very strange. Friendship like ours is uncommon and worth fighting for. Blech. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, she really, this episode was a, a great episode for um, Gugu Mbatha-Ra and uh, mm-hmm. the character of Renslayer as well, because she's always been like a little eerie. Uh, the interactions in her office, especially the theremin music, has been a little eerie. Um, but especially Strange. here, we kind of see that sinister side. We see, we, we do get some information revealed about her as well, which is that prior to this, and maybe I was mistaken all along, but prior to this, I'm thinking, okay, since she holds a higher position of power here, maybe she wasn't a variant like the others. Like maybe she really is mm. somebody else. But we see in this episode with the flashback to young Sylvie that she started out as as a Minuteman herself. Yeah. So that suggests that she, like everybody else, was was plucked out of her world. So it's just interesting yeah. to see how far from that she really is now. And her her kind of casual cruelty to Sylvie as well when Sylvie asks, you know, uh, what what was it that I did? What was my Nexus event? And she's just like, oh, I don't remember. Um, I, I got I got some serious Kylo um, Ray vibes in that scene. Yeah, Do you remember in in Last Jedi, the throne like, room. My parents, you know, he's like, you're nobody. You're nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, which at the time when they wrote that, that was true until they wrote Rise of Skywalker. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, I just got those vibes. Like, like, regardless of what the truth is, Renslayer is is trying to hurt her. Yeah. And and like, oh god, you know, the the opening scene is is terrible. I'm yes. like, oh, I never imagined it. It was a child. She was. I never imagined she was a child. And it's just, and then she sees this man like screaming and she's like, someone help him. I was like, I was disgusted. And I was just like, oh, it it was very clear how wrong this all was. Yeah. It's so dark to Um, see it through this perspective of this little kid who's terrified, as opposed to in episode one, we see it through Loki. And so it takes on a little bit more of a humor. Like, here's everything you ever said, sign off on it. Right. And now it's like, well, it's this little girl (laughs) who is not. It's almost, it's creepy. It was creepy. It was very creepy. It's very, very creepy. and I uh, I couldn't help but think about like you know some of what Sylvie shares in the previous episode like not not trusting people right not wanting to sit with her yeah. back toward the door right like I mean to be kind of just pulled out of your reality as a little kid um, completely and then and then nowhere. having to survive yeah having to survive um, however old she is because we know Loki's don't age the same way that yeah yeah people do. So yeah, just I, I think you know the conversation that we're having is really speaking to just how great this episode was, like how much it really accomplished in both mm-hmm. character work and in in plot work. I think there are probably a couple of scenes that we still want to want to touch on here. Ah, we didn't touch on B fifteen yet. Hunter B fifteen also kind of a moment for yep. her character in this episode. What's very you think cool of the fact that so obviously super important that she had the experience that she did at Roxcart that she was, you know, curious enough, suspicious enough to to want to talk with Sylvie outside of the TVA and to allow Sylvie to do her enchantment again. What do you think of the fact that they didn't actually show us her memory and they just kind of saw we just saw her reaction to it? I mean, I was annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but but I mean and then there's just kind of meta answers for that. But I mean if we're gonna take the if we're gonna take like, you know, there's always it's easy to be upset that you don't get the show that you wanted and not appreciate the show that you get. And so it, it, it's private. It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, her, her, her response, both in her, her face and in what she says are, are believable and authentic. Yeah. Um, and I think it tracks with the character who's always presented as very principled mm-hmm. and um, with the exception of when she, <laughs> when she, um, 
when she almost takes out the um the like uh casey that's right yeah (laughs) first episode um but but i mean you know it's she's always she's always on guard and 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 this is i feel it's a continuation of 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 her character I, i don't i don't see it as a as a massive break um it's interesting too the way that these that story thread begins when well she already had the experience right mm-hmm. she had the experience of being enchanted and had the memory however jumbled it was and then mobius says as he comes out of rinsler's office or no when she's when he comes out of talking to loki oh he said we're all variants he tells her that right yes and, and and then and that starts her on her journey right um so i thought that was i thought that was cool she's got this this internal conflict that's confirmed by by a, an offhand remark that Mobius says, yeah, which then moves her to to confront Sylvie and um, really, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I thought it was well done as well, and and I think I think as you said too, in the moment I was kind of like, wait, you're not going to just show us a brief mm. a brief glimpse of what her memory is, but I, I think <laughs> I, you know I, I think that again, as you said, the more important part was her reaction to it because. The function of her character in this show is to is not necessarily about what her past was like, but it's about who she is, right? And the decisions yeah. that she's making in those moments. So when she sees what she needed to see, she makes the the heroic decision to to kind of come in and and help save the day at the end. Um, Wild, yeah, yeah. So I guess we we also didn't necessarily uh, touch on the moment. We we talked about everything that led up to it, but when Mobius is pruned itself, were you? That really took me by surprise. What did you think of that? Oh, I thought I thought I, I thought I, I was saying this before. I thought it was coming. I was like, yeah. Uh, as soon as they stepped out and Renslayer was there, I was like, oh no, no, oh yeah, no, you were no, like, no. okay, but it was like, yeah, it was it's happening. You know, I, I just like, and and then and then within the context of the episode before the end credit scene, I was like this this is this is perfect i mean this is what a good show does is it is it creates stakes um as the you know as the um as the show reaches its climactic episodes yeah and and it does that in a in a really dramatic way i was super sad but it was also like how how dramatic things have come from mobius who is like died in the little tva agent he said, I, I ought to box your ears when, when mm-hmm. um, his response to Loki, when Loki says the timekeepers are, 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 are evil or whatever. He says, I ought to box your ears. Like that's how that's all the way to, he is openly defiant towards his, his superior with whom he, they have a friendship. And, and, and I was like, well, his character can't really go any farther. That's why I thought it was narratively complete because it was like, where else can he go? Yeah, that's a good um, point. It's so you know, sad, <laughs> but I didn't want it to happen. I did not want it to happen. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, no of way. course, it's uh, right when he says, "Like you know, where I'd go if I could go anywhere where I'm really from." Maybe I had uh, a jet ski. It's also just I yeah. love the jet ski. Uh, I, I, earlier in the episode, Loki's like, "Oh yeah, maybe you had a family," and he's like, "Maybe I had a jet ski." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but <laughs> he's got his priorities. Yeah, incredibly yeah. powerful moment. I, I guess it, it did take me by by surprise. I think. I think, um, I mean, as you said, if you're really thinking about it in that moment when she arrives, like there's, 
of course that's what's going to happen. But uh, in the moment I was like, I was like, oh my God, because I was like, well, is he, is he dead or is he, I think one of the theories I kind of kind of shared before is he like, um, wherever he, he goes, once you're pruned, um, are you still alive, but you're a blank slate and they can just reuse you over and over again. That's interesting. Yeah. There's, there's, I think there's interesting theories. Um, I think that, um, there's, there's all kinds of possibilities. Right. But, uh, I, I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was gone, which yeah. I thought was interesting. It would and be, yeah. however they, they resolve that, whether it's, if he's reset, I think that that would kind of continue the emotional weight. Yes. If he's just somewhere else within the moment, it's obviously quite powerful, but it, it, it definitely pulls the sails out of that, you know, um, Disney having its cake and eating it too kind of thing. Agreed. Um, I think I feel like I wrote this to, to Trey and Judah. I think that um, um, these shows are like trying to get closer and closer. You know, uh, the asymptote in like geometry, you're getting closer and closer <laughs> yeah. to that line where you get to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you Absolutely. get the full weight of an emotional death and you get to keep your character. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. So, um, but, and I imagine it's only going to be more of that with multiverses opening up that it's a, it's a way of, um, it's complicated. Yeah. yeah it's, it's complicated. When, when but we yeah, did that see... was, that was, I was just going to say that was a big moment and, and I, I felt it. No, absolutely. I agree. And then when we saw Loki get pruned at the end, I, that made me feel like, okay, well, I'm assuming that Loki is not dead or reset yet or anything like that. So if, he's still with us, then Mobius is probably still with us in some way, which is both as a fan of Mobius, oh, great, but then also in terms of thinking about the larger emotional impact, we'll have to see where that goes. So you you definitely thought, no, there's no way. I didn't think that Loki would be dead, um, and I didn't... I I guess actually it could have been possible that they went with he's reset like he has no reset no memories yeah they could have gone that direction actually i i I think that so i jude and i have been going back and forth about this like should they have shown the end credit scene or should they have kept us waiting Mm -hmm. and i I just thought it was super bold to to take him out like that yes um and and would have been so cool to just wait because man we've waited Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> there are shows where you don't know if the main character who you know is in contract disputes with the with the, the studio mm-hmm. is coming back next season, yeah. you know, and you got to wait three or four more months. And this is back in the 90s when, you know, the information wasn't ubiquitous. Uh, right. It was like, it would come, up, come out in drips and drabs and you legit had no idea. And you had to wait four or five months. Yeah, before... we, could, we could have waited a week. <laughs> I know. And so, and so, um, but at the same time, I think that the way that the story, the way that this, this, this Loki universe is set up, it completely could have worked. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the, the narrative flow, Loki has had this realization, even though he didn't say the words, he's had this realization, I care for you, or I love you or whatever he was going to say. But like, let's just say, yes. let's just, let's, I care for you. And he, and, but now he's gone. And now the, the, the emotional, it transfers to Sylvie, who I think completely can bear the weight of the show. Like she is so compelling. So yeah. I, 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 and, and of course there, there's going to be multiple Lokis. I mean, there, there's, there's Lokis running around everywhere. So, I mean, why, why would, of course we'll see Tom Hiddleston again. 
Maybe it won't be that Loki, but that Loki, we've already seen Loki die in, <laughs> I mean, he died at the, quote, he died at the end of Thor Dark World, right? right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, where, where else did he die? Infinity War. Infinity No, he, he legit, quote, died in, in Infinity War. Wasn't there one other time? In Thor. Oh, in Thor, in Thor yes. Right? The, the, he drops him off, of, yes. off the, the Rainbow Bridge. Thor yeah, and so Dark I'm like, World, he yeah. died like a bunch of times. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, we can handle a Loki, Loki death. He'll come back. And so I just think in universe, it's, it's, it's okay. And so I was, I, I thought, what I thought was, wow, that's bold. Yeah. You're, that's a really bold narrative choice. Let's see where this is going. But of course they didn't, they didn't do that, which is fine. They, they, they teased me yeah. with it. Um, yeah. I was, you know, when the mid <laughs> mid credit scene came on and, and he wakes up, it was, it was interesting. I, I simultaneously was disappointed because yeah. they kind of answered that question of where he went really quickly. I mean, not that we know details like, oh. of where he is, but yeah, I was a little disappointed. And then, of course, I also at the same time was also like Loki, like you know, like oh, he's here. Like so, Oof. it's it's tough. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. And that's one of those things where your immediate reaction to an episode, and then what you think later on in the context of the larger universe, once you've kind of like let it marinate a little bit, you know, might be different. Yeah. And by you, I mean yeah. one or you know myself yeah. even. Um, what did you make of the the characters who who Loki meets in that mid credit scene? So I did some I did some research, um, and uh, within within the so you don't they don't identify them at, in the credits in the credits in the English credits, mm-hmm. but if you watch the um, somewhere in there, they're identified, or maybe this is uh, you know extra textual and it's just from the the article that I read, but they are identified as as boastful Loki yeah. or worthy Loki. He's the, the, the black man with the, um, with the, the hammer type, Milnor type thing. Yeah. Or Mew Mew, 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 Mew. which is <laughs> one of my favorite lines. I, I don't care how bad <laughs> dark world is. That is the funniest line. <laughs> Mew, Mew. Yeah, okay. Great. Anyway, um, kid Loki, mm-hmm. who is a well-known actor. Oh, and is he? everyone knows young, young, young Avengers are coming. And then classic Loki or old Loki played by a very established actor. Yes. Um, and, and that is very important. This, like Kurt, the original Kirby Loki, I learned some stuff about him in, in, in the kind of silver age, right. Of comics, a, a, a classic villain, like Loki was a villain straight up, you know, um, whereas, you know, the Loki where we've come to know and love is, is more is mischievous and lovable. Um, right. Uh, and then there's lizard Loki or alligator Loki. You know, okay. Alligator I, or crocodile? <laughs> when I first watched the scene, sorry, both times that I watched the scene, I thought that the alligator, crocodile, whatever it is, I thought that it was just kind of like a pet to kid Loki. And I was, yeah. like, oh, that, yeah. I was like, that must have some significance in the comics that kid Loki carries around it. A alligator or something but i then realized from <laughs> looking at reactions online that no that is another loki which um, uh, of course it is <laughs> which is fantastic which i'm assuming like we know that loki has the power of, of transfiguration right when thor says you know he turned into a snake and he knows i love snakes and that whole thing right so is this loki like like are all of the loki's born in resembling like a human and then they they changed their outward appearance. Like I talked about that last week with CH, like our thoughts on Sylvie, like, well, is it possible that Sylvie is just kind of changing her outward appearance? It seems now more likely that 
that yeah at least she tied dyed her hair um maybe to distance she herself did, yeah. from loki but uh or not dyed it i'm sure she has magic that she can change her hair um but is the alligator like what i have a lot of questions about alligator loki is i guess what i'm saying yeah but i mean it, it's it's rooted in the same question we have about sylvie which is like was she born that way right was she born female and then and then because she said something to renslayer like or no she said something when she was talking to loki like at some point I became too much of a divergence. It, yeah. It's just like, wouldn't her being born as a female? I, I don't understand how the multiverse works. If it was and because so she I'm was kind of going with it. Right. If she was born, a, you know, a goddess instead of a god, then why wouldn't they have taken her right away? Like, why was she eight years old or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or, or do we assume, like you said, do we assume that they are all born as Tom Hiddleston? And then, or maybe we just don't understand yeah. the, 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 the origins of Loki. In 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 their lokiness, you know that that would explain this diver this possible divergence. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and and as you noted too, what boastful Loki is a is a black man. So I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, what is that the explanation for for like racial differences, um, species differences with the alligator? I, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there was the Hulk Loki. There was the yeah. Hulk Loki, right? Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I just like I I don't personally I don't personally gain much um, pleasure from speculating. Yeah. On on this kind of stuff, like I just I, I like the shows to be what they are, and then after it's complete, maybe. But like you know, in 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 the moment, I'm not I'm not. And part of that is because I I, I don't my brain doesn't work that way, but also cause I'm like, I don't want to build up my expectations Absolutely. on some like, yes. on some like, like, you know, superstructure that just gets completely demolished because you pull out one pin or something. It's like, so. I agree so, with um, you. I, uh, I absolutely agree with you that to, to me, kind of where it, where it ends is the, huh. All right. Well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And we have, mm -hmm. <laughs> we have Lokis of different genders and races and, and, and species, and maybe they will explain and maybe they won't either way. It's awesome. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm just very intrigued to see R Richard E. Grant, the actor playing a classic Loki, uh, yeah. just to see what his role is going to be. And yeah. it's going to be very, very cool uh, moving forward. This has been a fantastic show. And I know yeah. we, we just spoke about not speculating too much, but do you have any major questions or things that you'd like to see resolved in the last couple of episodes? Well, uh, one thing we didn't talk about because it was like, it was the, it was the power broker of the season, yeah. which is that the, um, the, uh, the uh, timekeepers as they've been presented within the TVA are, are not, real i mean so so uh, to answer your question were were there ever timekeepers um if so where are they yeah. you know what's their relate what's that what what is that whole scene's relationship with uh renslayer and the tva in general um well, yeah we've, what, we've was it a about surprise this. to her i couldn't tell if if she is in the know about those androids being just kind of like the face of the timekeepers right. or, or being totally fake I, I couldn't tell if she knew that or, or not like will this be a crisis um, of faith for her too you know yeah yeah who the f knows <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. that was my questions thoughts predictions for next week who the f knows um is mobius alive um, yeah. or was the pruning of a, or, or was the pruning of a Loki tagged to bring him somewhere else 
and only Loki's? Like, is it mm. something unique to Loki's? Could be. Um, will we see Mobius on a jet ski? Kind of related to what we were just talking about. What does Renslayer know? Will Will Sylvie realize what Loki was about to say to her? Mm-hmm. Um, what was he going to say to her? Kind of more, more, kind of more, kind of uh, idea focused. Does Does love fit with the dagger metaphor? <laughs> Yeah. Can we can we can we think about that metaphor having gone through this episode? And then and then because I think this show has been very very good, like excellent, wonderful experience. The the one thing I'll I'll um the one kind of critique I have so far is is um it seems like the big cliffhanger at the end of, of episode 2 when um Sylvie's mm-hmm. plans are going to blow up the timeline just kind of went away like it was yes. like oh i guess so that that irritated me a little bit it's um, a big question mark but, for me too yeah i i don't i honestly think that's just going to be oh they 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 handled it you know so i'm like oh that's, that's too bad um yeah it seemed like such a big important moment that it was going to yeah. divert all yeah. of the tva's efforts to to going to deal with that situation and maybe that's all that sylvie needed to be able to get into the tva and and make it as far as she did in episode three. But yeah, I have that as a big question mark too. And because the show has been so, so tight so far, so, so tightly written. And just, as you said, just all around like a really strong show. I I think that maybe they'll mention it again. I I hope they maybe mention it again, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe. I guess my only other thought that I didn't share yet, you know, we're talking about the timekeepers who were very, very creepy. The laughter when Sylvie threw the sword through the one's head and, and, you know, its head gets its android head gets chopped off. There's like this laughter sound as they're powering down. It was so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And very, that when, when I was very watching it, when I was, when I, when, when I was watching it with, with my spouse, she was like, they look like Muppets. She, she immediately yeah. was like, they're not real. She's like, they look like Muppets. And then, yeah, the laughing was creepy. It looks like <laughs> it was, in Disney world, like the hall of presidents or something, yeah. the hall of presidents, yeah. but the hall of like <laughs> wizard demons. Uh. <laughs> they need to get rid of that. <laughs> um, Epcot, Epcot is one of my favorite. Uh, I love the the the, the universe uh, or the, the world, and I also love the. Um, I know they're they're phasing it out, but the 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 future according to 1971. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the, the is, um, I, love, I love it. Figment of your imagination. Carousel and, of progress, right? The great big beautiful oh, tomorrow. Gosh, Carousel of progress. So yeah, good. I mean, yeah, but uh, it's just like. <laughs> the future according to 1971 it's fantastic it's it's a bright it's a bright beautiful (laughs) robotic future um yeah (laughs) um but yeah that was that was cool very cool scene yeah i i don't think i have anything else to touch on for this episode anything else in your notes that we didn't get to there is one there's one thing mobius is left-handed oh yeah i noticed that too as am I. I am left-handed. Oh, great! So it made me very happy. I did. I did notice it, and uh, mm-hmm. he's so I mean, he's like, "How do you spell that, Sylvia? With that, with an I or an I E?" <laughs> then it got me thinking too. Uh, in the in the subtitles uh, and everything, they spell it with an E at the end, and I think in all the promotional material. But it actually would be kind of cool if her name was Sylvie with just the I, because it was kind of match mm-hmm. Loki. Then you know, just ending in the. Oh end. yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I, cool. I know that the, the character of Enchantress from the comics is Sylvie spelled that way. So the, there's something there. They're kind of melding comic book characters. Yeah, um, it seems so. It yeah. seems so. Sylvie, yeah, with an I. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, Daniel, thank you. This was super fun. 
And I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to hearing your thoughts on the next couple of episodes of Loki as, as we continue to interact on social media and uh, looking forward to maybe hearing you again on MCU Need to Know and perhaps having you uh, to talk again on my podcast in the future. I would love, I would always love to come back, Tara. Um, and I will just kind of preview, I will be joining Trey and Jude on MCU Need to Know sometime after the Loki uh, series wraps cool. to discuss kind of the overall kind of impact and reception of the Disney Plus shows. We haven't hashed that out totally, but that's that's what we've been talking about is, is, a, is a themed episode to kind of discuss. So yeah. um, look for that in your feeds. Um, and thank you for having me on again. Of course. And I'm looking forward to, to hearing you guys talk about the, the Disney Plus shows now that we, well, after Loki, we'll have three of them mm-hmm. under our belt. So it's going to be great. Thanks again, Daniel. Thank you. If you enjoyed this conversation about episode four of Loki, you can follow the podcast at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Artwork was designed by Brooke Pender, who you can follow at Pender Illustrations on Instagram, and music by Demeter Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in each week to hear my guest of the week and I dig into the big ideas of the most recent episode of Loki.